you are not going to believe this, but the Detroit Tigers were shut out yet again. That's 21 times on the season now. They have uh, uh, been shut out a couple of times in a row. Got a heck of a scoreless inning streak going as well. This is Tigers baseball in 2022. We're going to talk about this uh, 7-0 loss to the Houston Astros today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is, of course, including YouTube. Okay. The Detroit Tigers drop Monday night's game against the Houston Astros at home by a score of 7 to nothing. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, like no one was at this ball game and, and I know that we haven't been even close to having a, a decent crowd in a while. And like, it's not like I'm just now noticing that, but this one was even like worse than usual. This was brutal. And they even had bark at the park was last night, right? Like they had the, the, you know, bring your dog to the game and it's like this fun thing. And it just. No one went. <laughs> Nobody went to this game. And it's probably a good thing that they didn't because the final score, as we said, was seven to nothing. Um, look, this is the 21st time the Detroit Tigers have been shut out this season, uh, according to Jason Beck of MLB.com. That ties the 1973 Yankees and the 1976 White Sox for the most by an American League team since the inception of the designated hitter. So, not great, right? Not a surprise to anybody that that's not exactly the best thing to hear in the world. This is not new to us, though, especially, you know, if if you have, if you've been watching the games, listening to the games, and, and have been keeping tabs on the team this season, this is not news to you. Um, and if you've been watching or listening to this show, you certainly uh, this this is not news to you, as we have been pretty much counting every single one. Uh, there, there's a lot of weird stats to go along with this. Um, we, we just said the one, right, that is uh, tied for the most since the inception of the designated hitter. Uh, I believe that this is the most in franchise history. There's a couple of people that uh, I think have reported that. And... We also have, uh, I think Chris Castellani did the math and said that that is about 15% of all games that we have played this season. We have been shut out in. That's, it's just crazy stat after crazy stat. Uh, Unbelievable stuff. At this point, it's not unbelievable. At this point, it's par for the course. Telling me this going into the season is unbelievable. I I, I never would have imagined in, in, in a million years that this team, after the season we had last year and the offseason that we had and and everything that, that we had done to prepare for this season and coming out of the lockout, 
it, it was impossible to see this coming, but it has been the worst case scenario for pretty much every single player on this team. And we're also at 21 consecutive innings without scoring a run. The last time that we scored was the sixth inning, fifth inning. Because we only played eight on Saturday because of the rain out, or seven and a half. But we took our at-bats in the eighth on Saturday. So, uh, and I, I believe we scored four in the fifth. So that would be back-to-back shutouts is 18, and then eight, seven, six, right? And then fifth doesn't count. So 21, right? Math. Quick maths off the top of the head there. Um, it's pretty pretty remarkable stuff. Pretty remarkable stuff. 21 consecutive innings without scoring a run. 21 shutouts on the season. Here we are. In this game, they had six hits. And, and I mean, first and foremost, um, th- this is – Valdez is, is a phenomenal pitcher. Framber is, is, is unbelievable. And this is an offense that is not – unbelievable or unbelievable for the wrong reasons and so when you pair one of the best pitchers in baseball in Framber Valdez along with this offense this is very likely to happen he's got a crazy consecutive uh quality start streak going I think it's the most in the American League like maybe ever I think they were talking about I mean he he's been unreal um and look his sinker is phenomenal and it's a pitch that kind of in the same breath that I talk about Alex Lang sinker in just in the end. And Valdez has 80 time million times the command that Alex Lang does. I'm not trying to compare them as pitchers, but just when describing that pitch, it, it's just, he's such a swing and miss machine. And yet his primary pitch is a sinker. And that's so unique. And I think that that's why he's so effective. And and like the Tigers got some some hard hit balls, and I, this was not a a Valdez masterclass performance. Well, <laughs> it's tough to even say that with a straight face. He he won. He, he had a complete game shutout, right? But but it it was it. <laughs> it's just it's so it's so like nitpicky, and I have no right to do that, being that I I, I talk about the Tigers all day, I guess, but. This wasn't like the best I've ever seen him. Like he was hanging quite a few curveballs, especially to Javi Baez. I, I some unbelievably frustrating at bats with Javi. Um, th- there was two separate times when he threw a curveball that bounced on home plate, and Javi swung through it, and then he hung a curveball literally right down the middle, and Javi took him. And 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 those are just the insanely frustrating abs. And I, I, I mean, the average exit velocity for the Tigers in this one was 95 miles an hour. That's not bad. Like that's that's pretty solid. If we're just looking at average exit velocity, like that's those are some hard hit baseballs. We had several over a hundred. Uh, Torque specifically, we'll get to in a second. But like this was not a. Yeah, you know, he had 16 whiffs in nine innings. That's that's good, right? But it's not some ungodly amount. He had eight Ks and a walk. That's obviously very very solid as well but like these are all good i'm not trying to take away this is a a a very great performance it's a complete game shutout against a major league baseball team but it's just the the this team 
offensively is just so bad at everything is my point. Some games, they have a million swings and misses. They can't hit anything. And then even when they do hit the ball, it's all just straight into the dirt. Or it's it's fly balls to center field and they get under them. Or it's just, it's one thing after another. And it's just no no ability to hit with runners in scoring position at all. Have not had that all season. So even if we do get a double down the line to start off an inning or, or hit a ball into the gap or, or hit a hard hit ground ball up the middle, it, it's going to be one, two, three after that, right? Like we had six hits, seven base runners. It's It's just pairing that type of pitcher especially – who, who it can get swings and misses and got a ton of them with the curveball tonight. Got quite a few with the changeup, but nine whiffs on the curveball alone. 16 total, nine on the curveball alone for Framber. Um, that was also the only pitch he had in his entire arsenal that had an average exit velocity under 90 miles an hour. Uh, just a really effective pitch. But like 23 balls put in play for the Tigers in, you know, in nine, like 15 foul balls. Like they, they, they had their opportunities just. When it rains, it pours, and that's that's what happens with the Detroit Tigers. And, and uh, you know, the sinker is inherently a, a pitch-to-contact pitch, and you're going to drive it into the dirt a lot, and the Tigers certainly did that. You know, 11 of the 23 balls put in play were off the sinker. So hitting the ball hard, but hard right into the ground, and nobody made an adjustment. Nobody was able to get under the baseball, and, and here we are. So uh let's keep talking about the offense the only other thing i want to talk about within the offense is spencer torkelson i'm kind of over everybody else uh, maybe we'll see uh but first though i gotta tell you all about our friends over at bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college betting needs and sports info this season find all the latest football league developments game matchups news and podcasts including this year's opening weeks games bet online opening week is behind us but the remainder of the season. Uh, bet online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, MLB, and even golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, the only other thing I want to talk about offensively before we move on, like you can just assume that everybody kind of was not great, and that would be a fair assumption. Um, We already talked about Javi. Hasi had a couple of hits again. He stays hot. He's been an absolute fuego. His OPS on the season is up to 750. That's that's something because he, I, I, I mean, that's like comfortably leading the team. Gary Carpenter technically has an OPS in the 800s, I believe still, but he doesn't have nearly, uh, obviously, enough bats to even come close to qualifying. Eric Haas is like the only person with legitimate at-bats to have an OPS over 700. Riley Green's fighting. 692, hit and a walk in this one. Two Ks in the other two plate appearances. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Like, Jamer didn't look good again. Man, Ryan Kreidler. Some gritty at-bats. Like, put the ball in play, but uh, no production. Yeah, okay. So let's just get to Spencer Torkelson. This is the most 
fraudulent 0 for 4 I've ever seen in my life. He goes over, but he was crushing the baseball. Okay, do not get it twisted. And I know we we anytime I, I say anything positive about some certain people, uh, like everybody's just like, oh, like at some point he's gonna have to actually produce. Like he since getting called up, his batting average is like well over three hundred. He's crushing the baseball with, uh, with with, with like power is there. I, I mean, it's it's really really he looks noticeably different. So I'm comfortable saying this, and I, I don't feel like I'm just giving you some spiel about how you know, like oh, like you know, maybe some hope. Like I, I'm not trying to do that, but he has objectively been crushing the baseball since he got called up. That's objectively true. And in this game, he goes 0 for 4. Here are the average exit velocities of all four balls. He put all four in play. He had zero strikeouts, zero walks. Okay, so he goes 0 for 4, but all four of his at-bats, he put the ball in play. These are the exit velocities, okay? 106.1, 105.5, 105.4, and 107.1. He had four balls put in play, and the softest was 105 and a half miles an hour off the bat. He is seeing the ball very well. Every single at bat, I was very impressed by how he he set himself up, I guess you would say, um, and, and was patiently aggressive. That is what we're trying to get to with him. Sometimes he becomes so patient that he's he's passive and complacent. And that is not where you want to be. I, I I love walks more than the next guy, but you need to be in a place where you are still being aggressive when they give you a, a pitch to hit. And that is exactly what he was in this game. I thought he looked phenomenal. Uh, one of the balls was 416 feet. It's just we play in Comerica Park. I, I mean, he he really did. And, and the box score won't show it, and, and the numbers all go down, but I really don't care about this one. I really don't like this is this is a this is a very very good sign and a very very good performance and, and I thought I mean he only swung and missed once the the entire game uh, I I was very impressed I was I was very impressed with Spencer Torgelson in this one so that's the only thing I wanted to say on the offense um, was was just point out you know what he went over four but like it's still a really good sign and it's a good 0 for 4 as weird as that sounds and uh, again I I know I know I know I'm not trying to to gas something up I'm not trying to give you false hope I'm not trying to make it seem like September is is gonna be some great month we have back-to-back shutouts but I, I promise you that that this game is is a good sign um that's it for the offense let's move on to the pitching, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez started this game. Not not a good performance by Erod. I think that's back to back outings by Erod that have been very underwhelming. Um, look, in this one, it, it was pretty much just uh, golly. He had seven whiffs in five innings, which is not a very good number. Um, but uh, on top of that, just like no called strikes either. Uh, one walk, two strikeouts, five earned runs, 10 hits in five innings of work for him. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing for him was he, he wasn't getting crushed as, as far as, you know, how hard he was getting hit. I mean, the average exit velocity on the game was 89 and while watching 
you didn't see him get smoked. There were a couple. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, there was I, I think three, two or three sinkers that got absolutely destroyed. But he threw a major. He always throws a majority of the cutter and, and the four seam fastball. And in this one, the cutter wasn't getting crushed, but it was getting consistently hit for solid contact every single time. He could not hit his spot with it. He's trying to nibble the outside of the zone to righties. It would get too much of the plate, and the righties would either slap it to the opposite field for like a solid hit, right? Not a blooper, like a like a solid line drive, just not you know like a hundred off the bat or anything crazy. Um, and and it, that would happen, or it would be like a hard grounder up the middle. I, I mean, it was it it was kind of baffling how he was not missing it by like feet, right? The command wasn't just out the window. But it was consistent, just, I'm going to miss the glove by like five inches, and it's going to be catch way too much of the plate and just be a perfect ball to slap into the outfield for a nice line drive. And that was all night long. And like I said, especially with the cutter, uh, but the four-seam fastball did not do him any favors. That was also a ball that he was trying to pinpoint and couldn't. And... This is a really good lineup, and this is a really good baseball team. And when you make, what, 10 mistakes, 7, 10, 12 mistakes to a good team, it's not going to go over very well. You got to hit your spots. And uh, even got bailed out by kind of a weird double play at one point. Just not a very good performance. And with Erod, the the only other thing I really want to say with him, and, and we'll get into the rest of the game here, but... We talked about with Tyler Alexander, and we talk about all the time, like barrel missing guy. And when he's missing barrels, he's actually kind of effective, but eh, when he hasn't been missing barrels lately. And when he's not, he's not effective. Erod is a guy who in Boston was fantastic. He was spectacular at missing barrels. Was was never gonna have a, a, a you know a ton of swing and miss stuff. Never has had a ton of swing and miss stuff, but consistently, for his entire Red Sox tenure, would would put on master classes of missing barrels, and the ball got put in play, and he's gonna get babbit sometimes, and that's just gonna happen because he's a barrel missing first pitcher, but. Same in the same breath that I say with Tyler Alexander, when he does not have his best command and when he is not missing barrels, he is going to get hit for a lot of line drives and he is going to get hit all over the yard. I still believe that that he'll be fine. This has been a, a really weird year for him and I mean for this team, but you know, especially for, for him. And uh, I, I think. The offseason will be good for him, and we'll see where he's at next season. Uh, you know, I never believed in the notion that we brought him in to be the ace of this team. Like, for when, you know, like, I, I don't know. I didn't ever believe, like, oh, Erod is going to be the ace of a World Series winning Tigers team. And we didn't pay him, like, an ace of a World Series team. But because it was just the first contract of even remote value that we gave out to anybody, people were like, oh, well, he's getting paid more than anybody else in the rotation. He's got to be the ace when we're good again. It's not really how it works. But I do think that there is still 
a very solid number two or number three starting pitcher in a rotation for uh, within him. And uh, I, I still think that that's possible to get out of him going forward. But this year has just been so weird that it's, it's really hard to even analyze him on a start to start basis. Cause it's like, I, I mean, we've seen some good, even since coming back, we've seen some good, but uh, I mean, we've also seen some not so good, but he went three months without pitching. So like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what we got next year the, with him. Um, sign him to, to, you know, not what, not a one-year deal. So we'll see what we get for, for the rest of them, but heck of a start to the first year of all these guys that we brought in. Um, heck of a start. What a year, man. Golly. All right, let's get into, uh, the rest of the game and whatnot, bullpen, et cetera, right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to our third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so let's go to the bullpen because uh, there's some pretty, mm, I don't know how noteworthy anything can be really at this point in the season, but some stuff I want to highlight and talk about still. Um, Jason Foley pitched in this one. We all know my love for Jason Foley. That sinker was looking great uh yeah i i i loved it i i thought he was fantastic um and i continue to think that there's a real possibility that he can be a really solid reliever in this bullpen going forward i'm really excited about the future of jason foley he got right down to 319 he had one inning of work with no other counting stats to speak of um and yeah i, I just continue to be impressed i, I love watching him pitch like I, I love seeing him go out there and he hasn't been a guy that um has gotten a ton of limelight, I guess you would say, in this bullpen. Like, there's a lot of other relievers that have gotten a lot more of a look and uh, have gotten a, a lot more attention. But he has been unbelievably solid, and uh, I, I'm I I really like Jason Foley a lot. I love his uh, that that sinker slider mix. All about command with him, like it is with so many other people. Uh, we're going to save Garrett Hill for last, actually. So we're going to go Will Vest. Got the final inning of work. One inning, three hits, two earned runs, no walks, 1K. Uh, I continue to have reservations about Will Vest. That's, man, like once an episode, my nose just gets super itchy. I don't know why, but you guys probably noticed, like, once an episode, I just, I, like, I don't I don't know where it comes from or, or what, but um, sorry. Will Vest. Uh, I continue to have reservations about him going forward. 3-9 ERA now on the season after this one. You know, in, in the first half of the season, he was like the hot new thing, right? Everybody was like, oh, my goodness, like Will Vest. He had that save in Baltimore or in Comerica against Baltimore. And and he was he was like the thing. He had a sub-2 ERA like multiple months into the season. And then, you know, some cracks started to show. We started having some some command problems. Then people were surprised when he was optioned and he came right back because we started having a ton of injuries and stuff. So he, he barely spent any time down in Toledo, but people were surprised when he was optioned and I never was like he, he, he has pretty I don't want to say significant. That might be too dramatic, but he has some pretty apparent command stuff that he still got an iron got to iron out like some, some pretty apparent, like blatant command problems, especially with 
the slider. I, I mean, his his breaking stuff really like can get away from him at times and really just be completely not effective or, or in the sense that like he threw the slider nine times in this game. Okay, nine times. Two of those nine were barreled, right? The two times it was put in play, 97.8 off the bat and 103.2 off the bat. Smoked, okay? That's a barrel, over 95 miles an hour. One time it was fouled off. And then we have <laughs> then we have one called strike. One. One called strike. Just a lot of lot of balls being thrown, a lot of spiking the ball into the dirt, or hanging it too high and getting smoked. Really needs to hone in and get some some consistent command with the slider. Um, and then the four seam fastball wasn't uber effective in this one. And he has a good fastball. It's like it's it's got like good movement. I like the tail. I, you know, 94, 95, 96. Like it's it's a it's a good pitch, but. There's just a lot of command stuff that he still needs to work out, and uh, I I will be very intrigued and, and keeping an eye out for sure on what Will Vest is, what offseason he's going to have with the team, what the plan is for him going forward, and uh, and how where he is going to fit with the future plans of this team. Because again, this is a guy that at one point in full health with with the bullpen. And with him having full health, got optioned. And, and and then when the bullpen got hurt again, he came back up. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But his ERA is already creeping back up to four. Garrett Hill is what we're going to end on. Uh, two innings, no hits, one walk, two strikeouts. The notable thing with Garrett Hill, and this was pointed out by uh, Rahelio Castillo, great uh, human being and great show that he run tiger tiger minor league report him and chris brown they also do woodward tigers um but raj pointed out that him and chris brown both i don't i guess i don't know which one is the first person that found it but he tweeted it out um garrett hill went over the head with his delivery and it's his velocity was way up and it was just a fascinating thing to watch. He went, he went kind of like the old, old timing, like back and over. Um, and and uh, Raj points out that it's kind of looks similar to what Ty Madden's doing down there in the minor leagues. But his season average four seam fastball, he was way up, way up, like over three miles an hour faster than what we are used to with his four seam fastball and with his sinker. And then we were about a mile and a half faster with his slider and his changeup. We were way up. His average pitch velocity on his four-seam fastball on this one was nine, over just over 94.5 miles an hour. His year average, according to Baseball Savant, is 91.3. The sinker, the season average was 91.4, and in this one he averaged 95 miles an hour. Uh, the slider was up, like I said, over a mile an hour. The changeup was up a mile and a half mile an hour and a half 1.5 miles an hour um it, it's just uh it was very noticeable like right away you were like whoa like that looks a little different and then he proceeded to throw gas and you were like okay this is really cool so i don't know if that's a part in development where okay he's a reliever now so it's because he's getting more look as a reliever than a starter like they're just telling him to kind of throw harder or if it has to do with the mechanics and the delivery or what but it was very noticeable and he was sensational 
sensational might be really dramatic for like two innings of shutout ball, but he was fantastic. He was very, very solid. Um, I, I, I was very impressed with what I saw from him. So I think that's it. I think that's all I got, man. Um, just a, a, a rough season, a really rough season. And, um, I, I, I'm not sure what the rest of September is going to look like, but I can't imagine it's going to be much better than, than what we get. Like, this is just how it goes, right? Like we, we have two, we scored 18 runnings and 18 runs. I just combined the words run and inning there. Um, we have 18 runs in two games over the weekend. And then we haven't scored a run since (laughs) like, this is just this is just how it goes. This is just how it goes. So thank you for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Greatly appreciate it. Our numbers have been have been fantastic still, even throughout the season that we've had, and I couldn't be more appreciative of y'all. So thank you very much. I still love doing this. I still enjoy it more than anything on the planet, and uh, you guys are the reason why. So thank you. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. That's really all I got. Um, Tough year. Tough year. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Houston Astros again. Uh, we'll, We'll see what's up. It's cool to see JV in the dugout. He's not pitching, but it's cool to see him in the dugout. All right. Peace and love. Going to the Derby's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.